Before I read today's scripture, I want to remind you that what I'm reading is part of um, a longer conversation that Jesus is having with his disciples. He's preparing his disciples for his departure, and he wants to, to have a sense of what to expect, what's coming. You might remember that last Sunday you heard Jesus say, in part of the same conversation, that he's going to his father's house to prepare a place for them, that he is the way and the truth and the life, and that if you know him, if you know Jesus, then you will know Father. And what I'm reading now is from that same conversation. Jesus didn't wait a week to finish his thought. It was all part of a conversation, a longer conversation even than that. He had a good long talk with the disciples about what their life will be like after he goes. I want you to hear this in that context. Jesus said, if you love me, you will keep my commandments. And I will ask the Father and he will give you another advocate to be with you forever. This is the spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him. You know him because he abides with you and he will be in you. I will not leave you orphaned. I'm coming to you in a little while. The world will no longer see me, but you will see me because I live. You also will live. On that day you will know that I am in my Father, and you in me, and I in you. They who have my commandments and keep them are those who love me. And those who love me will be loved by my Father. And I will love them and reveal myself to them. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Jesus knows that the disciples are not sure what is to come, what will be next. And he knows that produces anxiety in people. Anytime there's something that's unexpected or unknown coming our way, we get a little unsettled. You know that feeling, whether it's someone dying, whether it's someone moving, whether there's been a breakup, if it's a job relocation, going off to school, whatever it is, the unknown can be exciting, but it can also be unsettling. What will life be like in this new situation. For the disciples, the question was, what would life be like without their teacher, without their Lord immediately available to them, right by their side? To which Jesus responded, you will still have God. And not only will you have God with you, you will have God in you. When I go, he said, I will send another advocate to you. And if we read a little further, we'd find that in verse 25, Jesus identifies who this other advocate is, that it is, in fact, the Holy Spirit. Jesus and the Father are going to send the Holy Spirit, which makes it sound as if the Holy Spirit was not yet with the disciples. That the Holy Spirit wouldn't be with the disciples until Jesus was gone. Someone asked me just this week, if the Holy Spirit is always with us, or if the Holy Spirit comes to us at our baptism. To which I responded, yes. <laughs> That's how preachers think. It's how we talk. It's hardly as ever as simple as a yes or no either or question. Because life rarely is that simple. Theology, the study of God, rarely is that simple. It's just more complex than that. The question was, was, was born in part of 
her own experience, but also in part of what the scriptures say. You know, you've got Jesus coming out of the waters of baptism, and the scriptures talk about the Holy Spirit descending upon him like a dove. There's a sense that there's a new connection with the Holy Spirit there. But there are other scriptures that might indicate something different. And I know you probably want to accuse me of making this unnecessarily complicated as we hear more from what I'm going to say today. You're going to think he really made it unnecessarily complicated. But it was Jesus who said, you know the advocate because he abides with you and he will be in you. He abides, he lives with you, present tense, as in this thing's happening right now. He will be in you, future tense, as this thing is going to happen. So which is it? Was the Holy Spirit with us from the beginning, or did the Holy Spirit come upon us in our baptism or at some other time? Which is it? Genesis 1. In the beginning, when God created the heavens and the earth, the earth was a formless void and darkness covered the face of the deep while a wind from God swept over the face of the waters. The wind. Ruach in Hebrew has at times been translated Spirit of God because God's Spirit from the beginning has moved about like a wind. God's Spirit was present at the very start. And God's Spirit was there when people got our start. Genesis 2 talks of God breathing life into those first humans. And God's Spirit kept working. God restored them dry bones in Ezekiel, which are reconnected but not alive until the breath of God reanimates the bones. Jesus talked about this Spirit, God's Spirit, which He said is like the wind that blows where it chooses. You hear the sound of it, but you do not know where it comes from and you do not know where it goes. Same wind which we hear about in Acts, that blew into a house and filled the apostles with the Holy Spirit. This wind moving from the first of creation into the first Christians at Pentecost is, we believe, the Holy Spirit. So was the Holy Spirit with them before or only after that Pentecost experience? Was the Holy Spirit with Jesus' followers when He spoke of it blowing wherever it chooses or only after they were told about that? Was the Holy Spirit with the dry bones only at the moment when those bones were reanimated or had the Spirit been active before? Those first humans, the waters of creation, when did the Holy Spirit get to work? My friend shared an experience she had when she felt a closeness to God that she had not felt before. Was that, she wondered, when the Holy Spirit came upon her? Or, I wondered, had the Holy Spirit been working in her life for some period of time before that to prepare her for that moment when she experienced God in this new and profound way? We can't know for sure. But I wouldn't put it past God to already have been at work in her life. We call that in Methodist jargon, provenient grace. It's our understanding that God's grace goes before us. 
before we know God's name, before we can articulate anything about Jesus, before we've prayed a prayer or been baptized in His name, God is at work giving to us generously. God is at work wooing us toward Him. God wants us to be with Him. So in God's grace, God has come to us in various ways. And when Jesus, the human incarnation of God, was no longer immediately available to us, even once the Son had ascended to be with the Father, God was not going to leave us alone. God would still be available, close by, at work in our lives in real and personal ways. The Holy Spirit was sent so that we would never have to be without the active presence of God. So God is with us, around us, here. We kind of get that. But what about God being in us? What might Jesus have meant when He said that God will not only be with you, but in you? I look a fair amount like my father. As I'm getting older, I'm realizing I'm acting more like him than I might want to. We've been around each other 42 years and half of my DNA comes from him, so I guess that's not to be unexpected. I'm told I also look somewhat like my mother's brother and that in ways we act alike. We share a quarter of our DNA, but I never met him. He died four months before I was born. As a child, my grandfather would occasionally call me Chip, which would startle me. When as a teenager, I pulled a prank on my sister and our cousins, I remember someone saying that's something Chip would have done. They tell me I'm built kind of like him. In a real way, my father is in me and Uncle Chip is in me, even when I'm not with them. There's some part of them at work in me, whether invited or not. But for me to take full advantage of them being in me, I'd need to seek to be more in them. I'd need to pursue more of them. What was Uncle Chip like? What does Dad think about this thing? How would they guide me in this situation? Dad, tell me about an experience that you've had like this and and what you learned from it. Jesus knew that when he was going to be no longer immediately available to the disciples, that they would have this responsibility to tell others what he is like, as well as trying to sort through what he might think and how he might guide them, that, that it was on them to continue the work of the kingdom. And so to put them at ease, Jesus said, The Advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you everything and remind you of all that I have said to you. They would have the advantage of the Holy Spirit helping them through life. Perhaps that's what it means to not only have God with us, but in us. It's not God somewhere around, but God actively within. 
It's not just some wind that blows in order to bring order to chaos and, and life to dust, but the Spirit that brings Jesus' words to us when we need them. God's grace to us in all kinds of situations. Jesus' words, these words we so desperately need, words like, My peace I leave with you. Do not let your hearts be troubled. I came to bring abundant life. You are my friends. Love one another as I have loved you. Grace. Such as believing these words are true and then living as those words are true. You could know Jesus' words by being around people who know Jesus' words. You could pick up a book and read Jesus' words. But to believe these words are true is a gift of the Holy Spirit in you. When you believe that Jesus brought peace, wholeness, abundant life, that He made us His friends and loved us, that He called us to love in His name and His likeness, that the Holy Spirit is not only with you, He's teaching you from within everything you need and reminding you of what Jesus said, then the Spirit's with you. I won't pretend to understand all the ways of the Holy Spirit or the Father or the Son. I don't know when and how the Holy Spirit goes from being simply with us to in us or exactly what that means. I'm willing to say that it has happened, is happening, when we sense God's presence. When we have confidence in Jesus' words. When we are nudged in faithful directions when we trust that God is for us, not against us. So I say whenever, however that happens, come Holy Spirit.